As we kind of walk through the book of Ephesians, we'll be in three verses today, uh, Lord willing, and then next week we'll um, hit one verse on in Ephesians chapter 6. So, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, hear God's Word. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for the blessing of children. Father, we pray for this message that you would give us wisdom, uh, you would teach us how we can best care for our children. Lord, as we, as we think about the blessing that you've given our church and so many uh, young children, we pray, God, that you would uh, give us wisdom as parents and give us wisdom as a body of believers, uh, Lord, to fight for the souls of our children, that they may uh, trust you uh, at an early age, uh, believe in, uh, in the gospel of the Lord Christ, repent of their sins and trust in you, and that you would use them as mighty warriors in your kingdom. Uh, so, Father, we pray you would use this message far more than we could possibly ask or imagine. Uh, hide me behind your cross, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 1, uh, it just says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, now, there's not many uh, children uh, in here uh, today, uh, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about uh, children. Uh, children are a wonderful blessing uh, from us. And one of the, the commentaries I read this uh, today in preparing uh, was uh, John MacArthur. And he, he said that, you know, there's that old story of a, a frog that's kind of slowly uh, boiled. So if you have a frog kind of in the water uh, on, the, on a stove and kind of gradually kind of turn up the heat, right, the frog will just stay in the water and he doesn't jump out or kind of gradually gets warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer. And before you know it, the frog uh, is, is gone. Uh, the frog is destroyed by the, by the heat of the water. He's boiled. Uh, well, what happens in, in, in our culture with our children is often the same thing. Our culture kind of gradually changes. Now, we may think that our culture is radically changing, right? And sometimes it does do that. But for our children, children kind of gradually drift. Children kind of gradually are exposed to this world. And if we're not careful, if we don't kind of continue to check the, the temperature of the water in which they're swimming in, what's going to happen is that it's going to boil, boil over and it's going to, and many times, destroy them, right? Uh, and but by, by that point, sometimes it's too late. Uh, and, and I think that this message, I, th- I hope, is timely because we have many children uh, in our congregation. And I hope and pray as parents that we are, are kind of are zealous for the hearts and the minds of our children that we want to protect them from all the things that are going on in our world, giving them the truth of God's Word, helping them to think rightly about all the things that are happening in our world, that they're they're anchored, that they would be firmly and rooted in the truth of God's Word. But not only for our own children, but for the children in this congregation. You know, my wife and I often say how, how blessed we are as a congregation, having so many people in this church pouring their lives out to our children, right? And our children are our, our different um, uh, believers are stronger believers because of the influence that people in this room and those who are watching online are part of Park Baptist Church pouring their lives in uh, to, our, to our children. Uh, the old adage, it takes a village to raise a family, is true. We are all 
one giant family, brothers and sisters in Christ. So how we raise our children in our own home and how you raise children in your home are always going to impact each other uh, because we live in community together. So whatever you teach your kids in your home is going to have an influence on the children in, in my home and how we lead our children to collectively together and the things that we're forming and shaping them in is going to uh, grow them into someone who really trusts and believes in the Lord or is going to teach them things that are untrue of God's word. Uh, this is the beauty of, of, of the church. When we live and function together, guess what happens? We get to, to see these children being raised up in the Lord. Well, this passage is spoken specifically to parents. And as Paul typically does when he's kind of going through this section, he kind of addressed those who are in kind of a, a weaker uh, position, uh, not necessarily weaker as in terms of equality because m- children and adults are both created in the image of God. So parents and children are, are, are of the same value. Uh, they're, 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 they're equal, and yet they have different roles right? Uh, parents have, a, have a, a role of authority over children, and children have a role of, of, of submission under parents. So it says here, children, we obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. First, just look at that first word, children. Uh, this letter would have been read to the congregation. Uh, children were part of the gathering of the saints. Uh, let's not forget that. You know, we know that now on our Wednesday night, our kids are, are separate and we're kind of teaching them theology, trying to go them deep in, in the Word, um, which is a wonderful thing that we do on Wednesday night. Wednesday night has always been our, our kind of our theological night where we're pouring into, pouring deep theology and truths into our children. But typically on a Sunday morning, we don't have, um, you know, once the kids can kind of sit through a service, six years old, we want them together. Well, why? Well, it's because we want them to learn from us. We don't want them to stay as, as children forever. We want them to grow, to become uh, righteous warriors in God's kingdom, right? But I just find it interesting here that when Paul addresses the church, he's assuming that children are going to be in the room. Now, this, is, this word that's used here in the Greek is not referring to those who are older children. It's just kind of children in general. He's assuming that children are going to be here. So if children were in this room right now, I'd speak directly to children, and I do that sometimes in my sermons. I'll say children, and I'll address them because they're in here, and we want to remember that they're in here, Right? Uh, so let me just say this, your children, uh, our children are watching you. They're watching how you worship. Someone told me this past week in terms of a song they were singing in their own family worship, they said, this is when Pastor Dave typically raises his hand during this song. Oh, wow. I guess they are watching, right? Well, guess what? It's not just me. They'll be, they'll be watching you. If you're a Sunday school teacher and you watch their, care for them, they may glance over to you when a song happens and, and how you uh, approach the Lord. If your heart is alive when you sing, guess what? They may want their heart to be alive or they may be convicted that their heart is not into it as much as, as yours. Love, love, we are in this together. Uh, in, in the first century, uh, the culture was family first, not individual first. Uh, and we live in an individual first culture. So we often think about ourselves. But beloved, we can't think that way. Uh, we're not about the individual. We are about, about the family, our own immediate family, and of course, the family of, of faith. But one thing about children is that children are natural born sinners. You know, we like to think about ch- children as beautiful, innocent, cute. But those who've raised children know that children can make you scream. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain children that make you want to run through a wall. Um, well, why? It's because, because they're, they're created uh, in this world fallen, right? They have hearts that are bent against the Lord. They live and they're being raised in natural rebellion against God. So there's two aspects always to children. Children are, are created in the image of God, 
And because they're created in the image of God, they have some of God's characteristics. They, they, we can think and we can create, we can imagine, we have, we have joy. And there, there is some innocence when it comes to children. Not innocence as in terms of not under the God's, uh, not, not guilty before God, but like innocence in terms of they haven't experienced the evilness in this world. So there's, there's something different about children. And yet children are um, followers of the prince of the power of the air, right? Their hearts are corrupt. And because their hearts are corrupt, they want to live in rebellion. You don't have to teach a child no. They, they, will, they will learn that on them, on them, by themselves because children are naturally self-centered. What do children think of? Me, mine, I want, I need. That's not fair. Their life revolves around themselves. Now, we know this, this great proverb, Proverbs 22, 6, raise up a child in his way, and when he gets older, he will not depart from it. Well, uh, we often think that if I raise a child in God's way, well, he will not depart from God's way. That's one way to read the verse, and I think that's true. There's another way you can read the verse, if you raise a child in a child's way. When he gets older, he will not depart from a child's way. And how many people do you see who are fully grown adults who live with self as the center? They have not grown, outgrown the, it's mine, when they play with their siblings. They, they care more about themselves. They have a self-centered nature because their hearts are corrupt. They live against authority. You know, so what we see here is this idea of the disobedience that we see often, so often in children. Disobedience is an implication that you don't have to follow anyone that we want to be our own God. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. When, Eve, Eve, when, and, when Adam and Eve said, I surely will not die following the serpent and then going to uh, take, the, the, take a bite of the fruit of the tree that God commanded them not to eat. We live in I can do whatever I want when I want it. Society, that's how children are raised. And this anti-authority can be seen in so many aspects of our children's lives. Can, can it not? Those who are around children, you can see how much they want things for themselves. Now, that's not completely in total, right? Because we still are made in the image of God, and we have a heart sometimes to serve other people. Uh, but so often, life is about us. But that's not only in our children. That's in society, because we have a society that, that wants to live for themselves and not for the Lord, because we have corrupt hearts. And one of the things that we don't often want to talk about is the depraved nature of humanity, right? Even in our society, we want to talk about everyone's good at their core, but beloved, everyone is not good at their core. They are corrupt, uh, David says that we were clothed, we were born in iniquity, in sin. That that's the reality of the world that we live in. And that we can't change the things that are out there unless we change the, the heart, right? And the only thing that can change the heart is the power of the gospel. And I've just been convicted more and more this, these, these past couple of weeks is that we need as a church and as a, a community of faith, our congregation and uh, those congregations spread out in America, we need to believe in the power of the gospel. Do we believe that the gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe? Because that's what it starts. If we, if, we, if we get to the gospel, then we can start making an impact in all the wrong ways we see society. So then it challenges children here. It says obey. So children, obey. Uh, the word here is to hear under. It's to, to listen with attentiveness. Uh, how often do you have to teach your children to listen, right? It's not just that we want you to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? Uh, no, we actually want you to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth gladly, and ready to follow those words. That's what the word here is. It's to obey. The best thing a parent can do uh, for their children is to teach them obedience with a kind, firm, 
loving hand. We need to show our children to obey the way God teaches us to obey, with his firm, direct word, with his kindness. Remember, God's kindness leads us to repentance. Uh, So we don't want to be authoritarian parents, but we want to be the authority in our homes. Uh, Too often we see that, don't we? We see those people who misabuse authority. So if you look at the the greatest um, trials in uh, the world, what you're going to see is you're going to see a a misuse, an abuse of authority. So when there's when there's an abuse of authority of of those who are in leadership, government, a church, a, a a boss, those people who are underneath them feel the effects in a very acute, real way. If you see that in, in a home, a mother and a father not loving and caring for their children, but neglecting them or harming them intentionally. It's the worst kind of evil we see today. But I would say that we don't understand how important obedience is for our children. In Romans chapter 1, in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, there's these th- there's two long lists that Paul kind of gives in terms of what a corrupt society, what a corrupt person looks like. And right there in the middle of both of them, it says, disobedient to parents. I remember when I was memorizing Romans chapter 1 uh, a while back, and it just said, uh, haters of God, disobedient to parents, inventors of evil. Boy, that's a, that's a good cap right there, you know, in terms of, because we don't, we don't think, of, oh, that's just what children do. Isn't that how we often think about dis- disobedience? That's just what children do. Beloved, it, it corrupts their soul, right? We have to work and, 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 and harness uh, obedience in our children. We need to train them to understand that they are creatures and they are under their parents' authority and under God's authority because how we shepherd and how we care for their souls and guiding them to the truth is really a reflection of what, how God cares for us. That's how we want to shepherd and lead our, our children. Uh, we want to live as creatures who are one day going to answer to the king's authority, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 8.11, we've been, of course, in Ecclesiastes on Sunday morning, uh, 8.11 says, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is set fully to do evil. So if you allow disobedience, guess what's going to happen? More disobedience is going to happen. And we see this kind of, this example that Jesus gives all the time. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, because a little yeast will ruin the whole dough. One bad apple ruins the bunch. Well, if you look at that generally in terms of a group, we can understand that. That's the same thing for a human heart. If we just ignore things and we don't address sin and we don't address disobedience, you know, in our home, delayed obedience is disobedience. When we ask you to do something, you should do it right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. That's the the kind of what we want to, to foster in our home. But if we, sometimes we are, we're tired and lazy and we don't feel like dealing with sin. Guess what happens when we don't deal with sin on, on Monday? Well, on Friday, it's going to be better. You can see how it's going to be worse. We're going to kind of allow that sin to grow and to fester, and it, it, it hurts our children. It hurts our, our home. Uh, society wants to deny children uh, the need to submit to their parents uh, and to God because our society says children should be able to decide whatever they want to do in life. They should be able to decide whoever they want to be in life. We see this, and this is part of the, the, the transgender movement uh, that says a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old can decide for themselves what sex they want to be. They can decide for themselves who they want to be. Parents should not have the authority to say that. So more and more 
Uh, school systems are, are saying that parents, you don't have the right to tell children that they cannot participate in things that would be against your faith. That's just happening more and more. That's, that's crazy, is it not? Parents are given to children to teach them authority, but our society is creating children who are not ready to be in that, that role, right? To make those kind of decisions that they're giving them that authority. Well, the Bible says children obey, obey, but who do you obey? Your parents. Listen, parents aren't perfect. Amen, parents, right? How many times we wish we could have done something different? We wish we didn't lose our temper. We wish we were, we were more consistent. I mean, you name it, we, we, we're not perfect. Um, and yet God gave us these children to shepherd, right? We're their parents. So I te- we want to teach our children um, to receive parents as their authority, joyfully, right? God could have, could have given you any parents, but God didn't give you any parents. God gave you us. We have strengths and we have weaknesses. And God wants to, to use both of them to, to help shape you into someone who trusts the Lord. I mean, how many times have children said in their life, can't you be like so-and-so's parents? They allow, he never has to, right? What we need to teach our children is that God gave you us. We're not perfect, but we're going to do the best we can to, to shepherd and lead you, right? So yes, we can talk and have those conversations. As they get older, we can have those conversations. We can modify and grow in our own parenting, but we need to teach our, our, our children that we're your parents. And the Bible says, children, obey your parents. We were given to you as a, as a gift. Um, and we've been seeing this in the book of Ecclesiastes. God is in charge of all the times and the seasons of our life. God is in charge of giving you the parents in this time, in this day, for these years. Uh, John Flavel in The Mystery of Providence has an excellent section right there in the middle about the blessing that God gave you in His providential hand and giving you the parents that you have. I don't think that we will fully realize that the, how much the impact our parents have on us. Uh, many, much of our life from, from 20 to, to the end is, our, is a reaction of what happened during the first 18 years of the shepherding of our children or by, by our parents. That's when you learn how to relate to the world. And I think so many of us don't understand the 20s, 30s, and 40s because we don't understand what happened to us when we were teens, right? We need to think through those things and realize that God is going to, we're, we're going to have certain deficiencies because of how we were raised. There's that nature-nurture debate, right? We, we're the certain deficiencies, but there's also certain blessings, right? And we can't get bitter in terms of the, the life and, that God gave us. God wants to use those experiences in our life to grow us more like Him, and we need to teach our children those things. That may be self-serving, right, to tell your, your kids that God gave us to you as a gift, as a blessing, but it, it's not, because that's what God says in His Word. Um, God is in charge in giving you the parents that you have. Um, so parents, uh, just let me just say this, uh, appreciate your children, love them, shepherd them the best way you can, but realize that you're not perfect, right? Just keep at it, right? And tell your kids the same thing. Kids, we're not perfect. We're not going to make the perfect decisions, but we're going to do whatever we can to point you to Christ. And when you mess up, some of the best shepherding you can do is repenting before your children. Hey, I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sin, for how I wronged you and, and not being more disciplined or wronged you in, in my temper and my anger. The text goes on. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Our obedience doesn't stop. Or, sorry, our obedience stops. Children's obedience stops when parents are leading into sin. 
Now, it's usually a small window. Most parents don't leave, lead their children to sin. We, we see that in, in, the, in the Bible. We who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, right? So typically, it's not a, it's something that doesn't happen largely, but it does happen. Sometimes parents use their children to, to cheat, to lie, to, to steal. Uh, we don't follow that, you know. We don't walk in those directions. Um, children, obey and follow your parents as they follow the Lord. Uh, that's what we should, we should want at, to say that to our children. I want to pursue the Lord. We want to pursue the Lord in all things in our life. Will you follow me as I follow Christ? That's what the Apostle Paul said to his children in the faith. Follow me as I follow Christ, right? We need to model and teach that to our children. And then he he ends this section by saying, for this is right. It is right and good to obey your parents. It is not sinful. It is right to obey. You know, one of the things we should ask our children, those especially who have made the profession of faith, is do you want to please the Lord? Do you want to honor Christ? Well, by, by waiting in response when I ask you to do something, you're not obeying the Lord. Don't you want to please God? Because this is right. It's right and good to obey, right? Not to, not to guilt them, not to, but to, 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 to encourage and exhort them to be those who follow Christ, that's what we want for our, our children. Well, then he, he kind of gives an Old Testament example here. He says, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you and live long in the land. Well, he, he's reminding us of the Ten Commandments, you know, the, the ten words as they were in the Old Testament, pretty important stuff, right? The first command with a promise, live in the land. That's a promise, that it may go well with you to live in the land that, that God promised you. Well, what did the land that, that God promised you? God promised the land back in Genesis chapter 12, right? To Abram, go to the land that I will show you. Go to the promised land. Why? Because I'm going to bless your seed. The seed of, of Abraham was the Lord Jesus Christ. So right here in the midst of this promise to children, God reminds children to, of Christ, and the promised land, not, not, not Canaan here, no, the promised land of glory. We, we, when, we, when children obey their parents, what they're saying is that I trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for me because Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And Jesus commands us to obey your parents. You, you are seeing the promised land, right? Now, we know that our children are not saved by their obedience, so we don't want to put that weight upon our children and have them think that I have to be perfect in order to, to, to win my parents' approval or be perfect to, in order to go to heaven. No, they're sinners. You need to remind them of their sin and their, and their hope in Christ as their Savior because that's what the promise is. You will go, it will go well to the land. It will go well to glory because of what Christ has done for you. So next week, we'll, we'll look at the, the role of, of fathers specifically, not provoking their children to anger, but more practically, how do we bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? But we need to teach our children that obedience is good, that obedience is right and good. It's always right in the eyes of the Lord. And if you obey the Lord, what are you showing the world? You're showing the world that you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe that obeying and honoring your mother and your father that it will go well with you in the land that the Lord God has promised you. So I pray that you would encourage your children to obey for their sake and for the sake of their relationship with Christ. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us teach our children to obey in the Lord, for this is right.
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.